0: Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is Michael Warren with the Weekly Standard. And Michael, it's funny, if someone had said uh, three months ago the Republicans are going to win two of the following four seats, Colorado, Iowa, North Carolina, Georgia, I think everybody would have said, well, it's got to be North Carolina and Georgia, right? And yet this is completely backwards.
1: Right. We're now talking about the fact of uh, of Republicans being ahead in Iowa and Colorado. And possibly behind in georgia and behind in north carolina it's kind of uh the weird way that this uh this this uh, election is lined up and uh you know it's we'll have to see you know what what how it how it all shakes out but it's looking that way now
0: you know i keep asking the question i've asked it here on the podcast and i've asked it uh, in my radio show elsewhere Why is it that President Obama's approval ratings are hitting either record lows or tying record lows? In red states, they're down literally in the low 30s, which is just about as low as a a Democrat can go. And yet, Republicans are either tied or in the battle for their life in red states like Arkansas, North Carolina, and Georgia.
1: Well, I can give you the North Carolina example. It's a perfect example. Obama's at 39% uh, in some of these uh, approval ratings. It's pretty abysmal. Uh, I think it was uh, the the last state to vote for Mitt Romney in 2012, so it it definitely switched from Obama in 08 to to Republicans in 12, and yet uh, Tom Tillis, the Republican candidate for Senate there, is really struggling. He hasn't been ahead in in really any polls. The last one I think I saw, he was tied with Kay Hagan, the incumbent Democrat. Uh, An interesting thing with North Carolina is it's one of the, the only red states in this election where... The election really hasn't been about Obama as much as it's been about Republicans running the state. Tom Tillis is the Speaker of the House of the State, and and so much of the Republican agenda has been on uh, the ballot and and what's been debated, not so much uh, Obama. I think that's probably changing a lot with a lot of this national news, whether it's ISIS or Ebola or the stock market crashing or maybe not crashing, but plummeting today. Uh, It's getting harder for for Kay Hagan to sort of avoid the national issues and focus on state issues but uh, but this has been a problem for for Republicans in North Carolina and and tom Tillis in particular
0: and it's and once again you extend that out to places where you'd think the Republicans would be have a walk away like Arkansas, like Alaska and we haven't how much would you Michael Warren based on your reporting Uh, attribute this to the general problems with the GOP brand. And are you one of those people who I talk to frequently in the uh, political press who wring their hands over the state of the Republican brand?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think the stuff about brands can be overstated. Uh, I, I don't think Republicans are that popular right now with voters. It's just that they're less unpopular than Obama and the Democrats are right now but that's okay. I mean, you can still win an election that way. And I think Republicans are on their way to winning the Senate uh, by being the anti-Obama. It'd, it'd be nice if Republicans had something more to say. And I think, they are, I think they are getting to that point. I mean, you look at a place like Virginia that seems out of reach for Republicans. Ed Gillespie's running uh, in that Senate race against Mark Warner, but uh, uh, Ed Gillespie's released, a, I think, a very substantive uh, alternative to Obamacare that's got the Washington Post Talking about it, I mean that, that's that's significant right there. Um, I, I I just think that at, at this point in, in places like North Carolina and Georgia, Republicans don't often have anything to say after the the criticisms of Obama, which clearly you know Obama is not popular in those states. Uh, and I think that's given Democrats, uh, particularly Michelle Nunn in Georgia, sort of an opening to say, well, you know, I'm independent of, of President Obama. I'm not in the Senate. I'm not in Congress right now, and I'm I'm a different kind of Democrat. Um, but uh, will it will it you know pour over into into people actually pulling the lever for Democrats like Michelle Nunn? I don't know. I mean, the, the world is so chaotic right now, and, and it, it really seems uh, to be reflecting poorly on Obama. You know, Michael Warren, I'm so old. You know, Michael
0: Warren, I'm so old. I remember an election long, long ago where the president was doing a pretty crummy job, where things he was pushing weren't working, where the world was pretty chaotic, and where uh, people were saying, oh, this has to be the end of it. I think it was two years ago. Yeah, that's it. So... (laughs) why is this going to be different i was talking to a friend who's in virginia who is a long-time republican voter hasn't gotten a single voter contact of any kind phone mail etc from ed gillespie's campaign here in georgia the gop uh you know uh t- turnout efforts are virtually non-existent as far as uh, the people i talk to in the field uh, tell me i hear this around the country if the Repo- if the Democrats are able to keep it close and the Republican brand has nothing to offer as a positive sell, it's just well we're not their brand. Uh, is there danger that the Republicans could watch all this slip away, as your uh, Weekly Standard colleague Jay Cost has warned?
1: Uh, possibly, but I will say to bring the uh, comparison to the 2012 election, um, I think, uh, Michael, you and I can agree that Mitt Romney wasn't the ideal candidate to be giving the Republican uh, uh, message, and, and he was in, in several, so many ways that we documented at the Weekly Standard a flawed candidate. By the, the way, I have absolute uh, proof.
0: I have absolute proof, Michael, for anyone who doubts that he was a terrible candidate, the GOP establishment wants him to run again. <laughs> What more definitive <laughs> what, what, proof do you need of how awful a candidate has to be? Exactly.
1: The, the, the difference is, uh, between 2012, though, and 2014, in some of these Senate races, I mean, we mentioned Colorado and Iowa, uh, is that the candidates the Republicans have put up are p- pretty good. And Joni Ernst is uh, the, the candidate in Iowa. She's been described by a, a lot of different people as maybe the best uh, candidate recruited to, to run as a Republican uh, in this cycle. And she's really kind of uh, transform the race there. Colorado, the same thing. Uh, Cory Gardner, the Republican there, wasn't going to get in and then saw an opening, saw Mark Udall, the Democrat, was weak, uh, jumped in. Now the the latest polls showing him four points, uh, five points ahead of Udall, and, and this is in supposedly deep blue, you know, the new Democratic majority state of Colorado. So Candidates, you know, it's a cliche, but candidates do matter. And and, uh, Republicans have some good candidates running uh, in in a lot of these races. I I would say the ones where they're struggling, where uh, uh, maybe people aren't getting uh, uh, fired up about voting, are are states where the candidates aren't as good. I think David Perdue uh, in Georgia, for instance, is is struggling to uh, sort of uh, define himself as not just a generic Republican uh, 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 who, you know, is saddled with that bad brand.
0: But I was exactly, and that's what I think. Uh, the brand conversation is very relevant, and I think this election is revealing just how bad it is. President Obama has done everything he can to elect a Republican U.S. <laughs> Senate. A Senate. I mean, he's working it over. You. Know, I'm going to continue to allow Ebola flights in the United States. I don't care what you think. I'm going to throw the borders open. I don't care what you think. I mean, he's done everything he can to convince independent voters who have a, by a two-to-one margin disapprove of this job so, you know, to vote against him. And yet when those independent voters consider the alternative Republican, even as bad as Obama is, they stop and go, Ooh, I don't know. Doesn't that show that what we need are some more Ernst's, some more candidates who, because of the power of their personality approach, their whatever vision of the world, their optimism, their flavor, their flair, all of the marketing stuff... That that's what the Republicans need far more than policy stuff.
1: I think it's a combination. I really do. I think that if you look at uh, let's go again to Cory Gardner in uh, in Colorado, it's a perfect example of, of the meeting of those two things of, of of the politics and the sort of personal uh, element of it and, and the policy. Which is Cory Gardner's uh, young. I think he's 41 or 42. Uh, he is as always has a smile on his face i mean it's it's kind of infectious the way he he's always smiling like in his latest ad uh so he's a he's a good candidate in those terms, but he's also sort of changed the uh, the argument you know Mark Udall has been uh hammering him for uh for all these things being sort of a uh, a Neanderthal on women's issues and abortion and contraception and all these things for for a law that Gardner uh supported when he was in the state senate uh that that he has now uh that he doesn't support anymore. And, and Corey Garter changed the conversation. He said, well, why are we talking about making contraception uh, available over the counter so that so that uh, you know it doesn't drive up the prices to have uh, to have uh, health insurance companies uh, pay for it for, for, for people? So he's really sort of, I think, married those two issues, which is to talk about new ideas and, and interesting ideas that get people interested, but also to do it uh, with a positive face and, and a smiling face. Um, So I think that's a good example of of those two things. I think the party probably needs both.
0: Okay, so we're going to uh, put you on the spot, Michael Warren. We are marking the tape. The bets, the wagers are going down, ladies and gentlemen. The windows are closed. The betting windows are closed. What will the final outcome be for Republicans and Democrats in the uh, uh, midterm election when it comes to the U.S. Senate? And will the Republicans win North Carolina, Georgia, Iowa, and Colorado?
1: I think they win uh, Montana, South Dakota, West Virginia. Those three are are off the board, so that's three pickups right there. They'll win uh, Arkansas. uh, They'll win Louisiana. Uh, That's another two, so that's five uh, seats total. I think they end up winning Georgia. I think they win Georgia in the runoff. Oh, I forgot to mention Alaska. They'll they'll pick up Alaska, so that's that's seven right there. I think they have a good shot at picking up Colorado and Iowa. I mean, now, what are we talking about, nine? Well, but Georgia's
0: already... Republicans. So, so that's, it's not a that's true.
1: That's true. I'm sorry. So, so that's, that's eight, eight. That's eight seats. No, I'm sorry. Eight, eight seats. You're right. Um, uh, Kansas is is a, is a risky uh, thing here for Republicans. But uh, he said if the Republicans take over, Orman did that is that Republican uh, he'll 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 uh, caucus with the Republicans. So I think we're looking at uh, I mean it sounds crazy, but seven or eight seats for the Republicans to pick up. I think it looks good. I think North Carolina though is one where uh, I would not be surprised to wake up uh, the morning after the election and find out that. Kay
0: Hagan held on there. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us, Michael Warren, here at the Weekly Standard Podcast, and thank you for listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.